This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 5, Episode 9, as the New York Rangers bounce back after a tough, tough, embarrassing loss to the Nashville Predators. They get a win in Seattle to start their road trip, and they are going to be certainly tested this upcoming week where they have to face some um, pretty red-hot opponents. And, you know, I, I think the Rangers should be up for the challenge. Hopefully this leadership group can, you know, get get it together and play consistent hockey. Uh, but Andy is finally back. And yeah, we Andy, I got I got I have to start the podcast. I haven't I felt like I haven't done this in a while. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I uh for the start of the Rangers regular season, I was in California for a wedding and my of a family friend and my family decided to kind of parlay that into a little mini family trip. You know, renting a, a house out in uh, Temecula, and so we were went to all the vineyards. I drank all the wine. It was very nice. The weather is perfect there. Every day you wake up, and it is, uh, uh, it's it's hot, you know, warm but so dry with a slight breeze and sunny and gorgeous every day. So it was very nice. So, uh, um, you know, and obviously watching Ranger games at Four four o'clock in the afternoon is nice too. You know what I mean. So, oh, yeah. um, so that was good. Uh, but no, also happy to be back. And um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, the New York Rangers. It's I would say it's mostly been a positive start for them. Obviously, we you were referencing the clunker they had in their second home game against Nashville, where they were basically the whole team was out of sorts, uh, goaltender included. But uh, yeah, nice response from them, and I guess. Uh, also, it seemed, I think the positive sign is that, A, the whole team kind of looked out of sorts, which you know was more of a, it looked like a Gerard Gallant game, which yes. I think tells you everything you need to know about why. And then they go back to, to basically doing what all the good things they had done early under Labulette in terms of moving up the ice together and just quicker decisions and supporting. And lo and behold, they get back to that and then they just, they break another game wide open with some dominant performances by uh, some of their uh, key players. So yeah, overall happy with the bounce back. Yeah. You got to be happy with it. Um, you know, it's a little concerning. I think Seattle's going to have a down year after the year they had last year. So yeah, I don't know what to, so far to make of this team. I mean, listen, the, I hope they'd have enough experience to kind of keep this consistent and I know they're not going to win every single game and they're going to have nights off, but it's a little concerning to have a night off this early in the season. Uh, and I kind of wanted to get your take on, you know, not just, you know, obviously we know how they played. They didn't play well. They recognized immediately that they didn't play well. Uh, La Violette certainly was not happy with the way they played, which was nice to see. Uh, you know, I just think, you know, I, I want to get your take, Andy, on, you know, what you think the causes of these games where they just take nights off. And, it's not just a couple players. It's like the entire team. Do you think it's a preparation issue? Do you think it's a, well, we have a road trip coming up. We're kind of looking ahead and excited <clears throat> about that. You know, 
where do you think this this lapse comes from that you see every once in a while? Um, I, you know, I was less concerned, I think, than most Rangers fans about the stinker against Nashville. I think, especially looking around the, the league right now at some of the results, I mean, every t- other than the Golden Knights and uh, who's the other undefeated team? It's Vegas and... Uh, and Boston. And Boston. I mean, other than those two teams, everyone looks out of sorts. Even the teams that are winning, it's like, yeah, the Devils are winning, but they're winning. They're allowing four goals in every game they win. And so Dallas, Colorado, Vegas, and Boston are the undefeated, undefeated teams. teams. Yeah, but I mean, you also look at the teams that are having a good start, like Philly. Um, other than, yeah, like you know, teams that are expected to be horrible. Uh, and then you look at a team like Carolina, who everyone had penciled in, this might be their year, and they've given up, what, 30 goals in their last yes. four games? So you have to ask yourself. I just I just think it's so early, especially for the Rangers. They're clearly, I think, I think it's a combination of they had, despite the loss in Columbus, which was kind of like some, just one of those games where they were doing everything the way they should have, but just not as sharp and some bad luck with the disallowed goals that changed the flow of that game. I thought for the most part, they basically played three very strong games until then. And I think they just let their guard down a little bit. You had a national team that had underachieved to start and was looking to get back, you know, especially with how Soros had gotten pulled in the game before. I just think it was like a kind of like a perfect storm situation where the Rangers were a little too comfortable and they kind of thought, all right, we're going to kind of settle in here before the road trip. And they basically, it's old habit. You know, what's the, what's the phrase old habits die hard. And that's essentially what I think happened. They just kind of, I think they thought that they would revert back to their structure and they reverted back to their former structure, which was no structure and it bit them. But again, I mean, I th- every no team in the National Hockey League is going to go eighty-two and zero. But so I think I'm less concerned with the game happening. If it's two games in a row, that's a problem, or two, two two lackluster efforts. But you know, say what you will about how good or bad Seattle's going to be this year. They at least they have some some skaters that pressure you, and the Rangers were sharp. I mean, two only allowing two shots in the second period, especially going down giving up a goal early, which was kind of just, you know, I don't think anyone was out of position. You know, maybe you hope quick, maybe quick as a better angle on that. But at the same time, it was there was a body in front. So that's his style, good, too. He's aggressive. Yeah. So he's aggressive. Yeah. But honestly, I thought quick and, you know, we'll get to him, too. I'm sure when deaf, but I thought everyone bounced back. Well, I didn't think anyone had a, a egregiously bad game. You know, they thought the whole team was good. Even the guys who maybe were not as noticeable at least were not noticeable for the right reasons because at least they were just keeping their structure and just keeping the game. And as uh, Peter Laviolette said, we talked about keeping the play in front of us. And when we do that, we it's just easier to break the puck out. It's easier to defend in all three zones. And it's, uh, yeah, it's easier to survey your options. And that's what the Rangers did. And lo and behold, they went, went back to the game plan and which has been working for them and it worked. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's nice to see, you know, a line kind of feel like control the game, you know, every time you felt like, uh, you know, you needed some sustained pressure, you kind of double shifted Panarin, uh, and then he and Lafreniere were right there with them with having, you know, probably the best game I've ever seen a line play for full 60 minutes in the last two seasons. I mean, they were 
unbelievable last night. They were moving the puck. They were cycling the puck. They broke down whatever defensive structure Seattle was going to use against them. Uh, And they just, man, I mean, they were flying, you know, up and down the ice. They were in in the zone. They were, you know, uh, cycling in the corners. They were making moves to get themselves in a better body position to make a pass, receive a pass. And it just like, finally, you felt, you know, good about, you know, one of the lines. And, you know, if this line can be consistent, and because it's our no, quote-unquote number two line, I think you'll get a lot of good matchups, especially if Heedle keeps it up, and and obviously even Lafreniere. I mean, I thought, you know, I don't know how much of the game you saw, Andy, but I, I saw pretty much all of it. I think I maybe tuned out the last like five minutes or so, um, uh, just checking on my fantasy hockey. But, uh, you know, again, I, Lafreniere, I thought he was aggressive. I thought he was confident with the puck and I don't know if it was because of the other two players, the amount of pressure on him is a little bit off, but man, Oh man, I, that was the, one of the better games I've seen him play. And then Heedle was on fire. I mean, that was, that was an unbelievable uh, pass. He gave Lafreniere. He just confidence was oozing out of his pores. And then Panarin looked like a man on the mission. He looked like a Panarin with a shaved head last night. So, yeah, um, I mean, Panarin's arguably been their best skater, in throughout all their games so far. And he's playing like the Panarin who got here in his first year. He's playing in traffic again. He's, he's been physical. He's fighting through that second goal, fighting through a check in the middle of the slot. I mean, well, that's basically everything fans have been clamoring for him to do. And it's clear he has taken it to heart. And I think the, the, the kids, for, for better or for worse, the the style of the three Rangers, three rookies, Kako or rookies, but, you know, they're three younger Kids. ascendant players and Kako, Lafreniere, and Hedl. They're all board guys who basically like to do their works, you know, their work in the corners and play a little bit more of a grind cycle behind the net uh, possession game. And he's adjusted. And Panarin obviously gives a little bit more danger because of his puck transporting abilities, but it's been a good fit. I think Hedl and Lafreniere's style almost brings Panarin into the fight a little bit more by necessity. And obviously he has spoken a big game about wanting to shed how last season went for him. And so far, at least he's, he's living up to it. He looks faster. He looks more physical. He looks more aggressive. He's shooting the puck more and lo and behold, he's getting a reward for it. But to your point about Hedl, I mean, he, he had, uh, you know, a career high three points, but he should have had another two goals to go with it. You oh know, my how God. many times Break he rang two pipes, goals. he shot the puck every chance he got. And lo and behold, when you do that, it puts the other team on their heels and they respect you now. And I bet him to that, score. That's probably why. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so yeah, Filipino, I'm sorry. And I that's the thing. Me. He was already working on a three point game and he rings one off the post and he goes back to the bench and he's cursing to himself and like, sl- you know, slamming the butt of his stick against the you know against the door uh on the bench and i'm like all right this is a kid who's our the gate their their team is winning handily and he's already got three points and he's just pissed off and that's what i like to see man it's just but you know we've had these these oh this that was the breakout moment games with all the kids before and we've been burned by that before god forbid they go now disappear for the next five games or whatever right at least, if Panarin's going to continue playing like this, you have to imagine that Lafreniere and Heedle are, for the very least, are going to. Um, they're yeah, it, they should at least benefit from that. And 
you know, I think honestly, I, I, I won't speak to Lafreniere so much, but as far as Panarin go, and I think him and Heedle is a mutually beneficial. It's not just Panarin driving Heedle's results, you know, so that's good to see. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, our, our top six look all right. I mean, the, I've seen better games out of the, you know, Criders of Benajet, Kako line. Yeah, uh, but you know, I like Kako's game a lot better last night than the other two before it. I thought yeah. I like Kako's play in, in Buffalo, and then I was less than impressed with his uh, two to three games. But he had another, I, I liked what he was doing, all the little things that make him so special last night with just his uh, stealing and keeping any little chip passes I thought was great. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Zibanejad hasn't really gotten going yet this season. Um, and Kreider, outside of his fast goal scoring start, I thought last night, you know, other, you know, he was really not super noticeable, but, uh, but I think when that, that second line's going like it's going and it's almost like you're kind of just re- relegated to like, all right, well, you don't have to carry the youth, but yeah, at least have to, you know, keep it even. And at least they, they had chances. It's just, they didn't, other than the Truba blast that kind of trickled through and credit to Kako for being strong on the puck and muscling. His That's way what you in. have to do. That's you're not going to every, it's not going to be tic-tac-toe. And like, I, I want to see goals like that. I want to see finally us winning, you know, a puck battle in the crease and slamming it home. You know, the, the Rangers are sometimes just get caught like watching, thinking that the, the blast from the points either going to go in or deflected. It's like sometimes there's the rebound and it just squirts through and you got to be the first one there. And, you know, I'm glad yeah. that they got a hard working goal like that. Like that's a, you know, that, that was a reward for doing everything right to start off the, you know, you win the face off, you get a, a nice hard low shot on net and you know sometimes you get puck luck and it lands up on your stick but you still have to be in that position and ready to slam it home because you know in this league you know how it is it's yeah. you know a, a millisecond it makes all the difference so um yeah. i'm glad and it makes it forces the other team to collapse because out of necessity if they're getting if they're getting abused at home plate they're all going to collapse into the slot and lo and behold then you'll have the room to move them around with passing and zone time and possession and the east to west shit that the rangers usually love to do you know what i mean but you have to play that north south game and that direct those high danger chances generate them frequently for to get the team to do that that then they'll respect you more and you get more space so you know, funny how that works. Right. Uh, Andy, I want to talk bottom six, your thoughts, especially last night. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Can we talk about, can we talk about the, I think there's, there's one elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, would that be Blake Wheeler? Yes. On the third line. Uh, I just feel you know, like I, he slows Trocheck down so much. Oh yeah. I would, if anything, I would, I mean, if you should flip him in VC, if you're, yes, although then you. the, then the fourth line might, you know, well, but at least Wheeler is smart. You could tell he's smart. It's just, he does not have the, the wheels. <laughs> Wheeler does not have the wheels ironically uh, uh, anymore uh, to keep up with the, and especially cause we've seen Vinny Trocek has been very effective for the Rangers early yes. this year. He's been in the middle of everything. He had a nice fight last night uh, oh, yeah. with Against McCann. Uh, McCann, who's our leading scorer, <laughs> LOL. So, um, and I do, uh, before we, just to kind of quickly segue a little bit, I did want to address the one thing that's been nice to see from the Rangers this year, which seems to be a change in their DNA over the last few seasons. And I you almost have to give Gerard Glant a, a bit of credit for this, but the Rangers are, are a take no shit team. 
It's it seems like every fucking game they've been literally fighting with the other team every game. And they're definitely don't they don't shrink away from it. And so and kudos to Trocek, obviously, with all the the stuff that went down near their benches with uh, Yanni Gord. I don't know how the Rangers didn't get a penalty for for that, for the dual cross check between Fox and Kreider, just literally just splatting, you know, cross checking Gord in the back. But and yeah. then I know Cooley gives him a little forearm shiver from the bench and then it kind of all breaks down. But, you know, the Rangers don't take shit anymore, which is really nice. You know what I mean? Um, and that's not to say, like, obviously they didn't. I don't like when teams, I understand the messaging. It's like when you're getting bl- your wheels, your doors blown off. It's like, oh, then you got to make them pay some other way. But I think it's more circumstantial than that. Because I saw a lot of people upset that the Rangers weren't like, when they were getting embarrassed in, against Nashville for not getting more physical. I don't necessarily agree with that. I, it's just more, I think, circumstantial. And luckily, the Rangers haven't been a shrinking vial when the other team ups their intensity. So that's good. And kudos to, to Vinny for, because he was getting shit, I think, from from what, Sean Avery or something on some podcast about, um, I don't know what he was complaining about, but apparently he was like, you know, for Trocek being paid all this money and he doesn't do anything. I'm like, I'm like, Sean, I, if you're watching the game, it's it's quite the opposite. It's the guys around them that usually are not keeping up with yeah. him. Yeah. Also, Trocek had, what, 60 points in his first season with the Rangers? I mean, Avery, for all of his all of his good points here and his ability to kind of change the, the temperature of games, what, he's a career-high 30-point guy? So I don't think that's true. And if anything, he's been in the middle of everything early. At least he's always in the flow of traffic. He's always skating his bag off holding on to pucks, winning puck battles, diving to chip pucks deeper, if that's what it takes. Uh, and then he's he has that fight with McCann, who he gives up a lot of size to, but God damn it, he just, he jabbed the shit out of him. Did you see yeah. the fight? Yeah. I, he's just like, because I, I think those guys, that McCann clearly, it's not his forte. Not I don't fighter, know why yeah. they didn't send like Alexiak or one of their bigger D-men after Vinny for whatever reason. Uh, but, you know, he's like, that's fine, because I think you're all some of these guys, you, you think it's just kind of hold with the left and you expect the big haymaker from the right. And then he just kind of like uh, machine gun jabbed him in the in the jibs. Yeah. <laughs> it was over. It was great. He was just jab, 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 jab. So uh, I was I was getting a kick out of it, especially when you're you're uh, beating the wheels off another team and then they challenge you, they you know, do a fight and then you just you, you handily win a win a decision. That's always a great feeling. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, for the New York Rangers to, you know, shake that one loss off and then come out and play a real good, solid 60 minute game. I mean, yeah, you gave up the, you know, the goal early, but, uh, you know, overall, I mean, you know, it's listen, they're gonna they're gonna, you know, teams are obviously gonna have, you know, good shifts and, and good periods against you. But the fact that they were able to put this was a pretty, really complete game um, from start to finish, uh, especially you know, with the, the lighting issue early on and you're switching sides and it's dark and, you know, that could have really rattled, you know, Jonathan quick with his first start being a weird one. Uh, but I thought quick really played well. I mean, listen, I know he's an aggressive goalie and I, and I, and I understand that he's getting older. So that aggressive style could bite him in the butt a couple times, but I felt like he was pretty composed. Um, you know, the only, the only one that really beat him that I thought he probably should have had was, uh, you know, the one that you know, they scored in the first. And that was just basically him sliding across too aggressively and trying to, you know, 
you know, challenged the shooter when, you know, he kind of should have just like stayed back a little bit and kind of let the puck come to him. But other than that, I mean, there was never really, you know, there was never a point where I felt like, you know, he was struggling or fighting the puck. So he looked good in his, his first full start. I mean, obviously he played the end of the, um, the, uh, the predators game, but yeah, overall, I think, does that, does it make you feel a little bit better that he had a start as good as he did? Um, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I think even more than that, it's just how the Rangers played around him too. I think other than the Nashville game and, and the, maybe the, the bottom pairing, uh, against without Lindgren against Columbus, um, that the Rangers have look a lot better defensively this year, especially when they're on their their toes and they're breaking up things at the line, which they have never done. We've been, I think, you and I have been clamoring for them to do forever, mm-hmm. and they finally started, you know, attacking players as they try to cross the line to force them to dump it. That makes their life so much easier. Uh, so yeah, they just they only allowed two shots, and they held the team. What they held them to what twenty some odd shots, shots, if nineteen. 90 under 20 shots. They only allowed two shots in the second and yeah, quick didn't have to do a lot, but the, the ones he did, he, it, it actually, because the Rangers were so good at keeping everything to the perimeter when it did shoot, he could be aggressive and take away the shooting angle. And he made some two pretty good uh, glove saves and a nice pad save, especially uh, Miller almost redirected one in his net, but he kind of flashed the lightning uh, pad out and just kind of kicked it to the corner with a reaction. So you know, he's still athletic. He's still Jonathan quick. It's just the reaction time's a little bit slower now. So he's got to be a little bit more, uh, uh, patient and methodical. You know, he's just not going to be able to, to just have the, the cat like reflexes he had in his prime. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, uh, the Rangers, how they're playing defensively quick. And I was definitely, anyone who's listened to the podcast know that I was very concerned about Jonathan quick and, yeah, he's he definitely moves slower and he goes down a little too early. He's older, you know what I mean? But if the Rangers play like that, I still think Quick is good enough to be a serviceable backup here. So uh, I'm happy for him. It, it must feel good to get that first one, really feel like you're contributing to the the team, especially coming off uh, when your starter has a bad game and you can come in and win the next game. That's got to feel good for him, you know what I mean? So yeah, and that'll be that'll benefit everyone going forward. Just more faith in him and more faith that they don't have to like they can just play their game without having to worry about it in the back of their head. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. 
See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms, responsible gaming resources. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and the fact that, you know, you never want to feel like, as a whole group, that, you know, you don't stand a chance if Igor isn't in net. And, you know, for him to get that win, that was huge. And I think that was big just for the entire fan base of the New York Rangers. Because after that, you know, I'll even admit that, I mean, that, preseason performance for quick it was a little shaky but like i said i mean the guy's a professional he's been a part of you know three stanley cup teams now and i know last year he didn't play and you know it was kind of you know a shit show did you see i didn't even see this during the game but did you see the columbus do a welcome back video for quick yeah it was very funny yeah that was funny that was really funny uh but uh yeah so you know now we uh you know, we pack our bags and we go to Calgary next on Tuesday. Uh, Calgary is a weird team. I feel like I don't know what to expect of them. On paper, they're like a good solid team, but sometimes they just lay eggs and, you know, get run out of the building. So uh, what are your thoughts going into that game on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I think they're a slightly better team this year than uh than seattle but they obviously they have some weaknesses but they, you know i mean the they have that line of um magiapani uh lindholm and um i forget who who plays with them um it's is it oh a huber jonathan huberdo yeah, uh, that's a good line, man. So and they, you know, and they obviously have to watch out for people like Nazem Kadri, you know, on the second line. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't re- it's I they're a team that it's kind of hard to to know what to make of them, which is kind of dangerous when you think about it. It's hard to, to really game plan because I think teams, whether they would admit it or not, they do mentally kind of they do think about, all right, this should be an easy win. This should be a t- harder fought win to get, help themselves get up or, or at least to, to fuel their, um, you know, to fuel their, uh, their compete level for the game. They will be without their best, one of their best defenders in Rasmus Anderson, who yeah, got, suspended. uh, what well, he got the four game suspension for that yeah. late hit on line a the other day. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, that's obviously the Rangers have to take advantage of that. Um, but at the same time, uh yeah, I mean, I haven't really gotten to watch too much of them, so I don't know how they have performed this year. Their record is what? They've played one more game than us, they're 2-2 two, two, and 1. So it's, it's essentially yeah. the same record. You know, they had a what an either a shootout or overtime loss or whatever it was, but um yeah, you know, I don't know. It's uh it's just one of those things that um but I think in terms of the Rangers, you hope you want to try to play the same way cuz I do feel like the Rangers have a style I think when I look at uh, the system that Lavulette's trying to have the Rangers play, I think it's one that that they will not. It's not like one of those ones that you can be an absolute dominant team in the National Hockey League. But I think it's one of those ones that it's like such such a law of averages that if you play this way, you're not going to win every game guaranteed. But for the most part, you should win if you can play that stout defensively and just move up the ice as methodically. And every now and then, you're going to have a game like the columbus game where it's just every just does not go your way for whatever whatever reason you know what i mean but um yeah i don't know how markstrom has looked early i assume they're gonna play mark markstrom and not of later but uh 
I don't know. I guess we'll, well, I guess we'll see. Um, but, uh, the, the real question is James is, will I stay up for that game? Although I'm gonna, it's, oh, it's at nine forty-five. Okay, so fifteen minutes earlier than the last game, so I should be able to make it. Yeah, and uh, at least the Edmonton game's a nine p.m. start. Well, that's a, that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about, Andy. And yeah, you, you know, you, listen, I, I'm not I'm not selfish. The Rangers versus Seattle, whatever. You could start that time. It's the game at ten uh, ten o'clock. But like yesterday, you had an opportunity to put, you know, I don't know a player like i don't know connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl in prime time and you decide to keep that game at night and you know you you, like why wouldn't you have that game start at four o'clock or even seven o'clock like no of course they they have you know their prime time players playing in slots where it's obviously you know no one's going to be able to watch it or no one's going to want to watch it the only p- people that are going to watch those games are the diehard fans that you don't need to, you know, recoup their attention. You know, the, you know, you're trying to pick up fans, not, you know, just keep the ones that you have. I don't know. Just seems a little, a uh, little backwards thinking, you know, you know, backwards logic, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't know what, what like, and then I, I, th- I think I sent you a text late, late to you and Gibby, you know, every single game in the seven o'clock slot and eight o'clock slot were in intermission. Can you like stagger the games? Can you have a few at seven, a few at seven thirty, a few at eight, and a few at eight thirty? Like, is that so difficult? It's a Saturday night. Like, you want to keep people watching hockey, not oh, well, every single game's in intermission. So let's uh, let's flip the channel. Uh, it just seems like the the NHL constantly shoots itself in the foot, and this is. One that, again, I've seen on Twitter before where all the games are in intermission. Can you stagger them? Even if it's 15 minutes, at least, you know, you'll be able to watch enough hockey to get you through, you know, inter- intermission. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's again, I mean, it's one of those things where I I, I can't speak to know of like what the 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 local network scheduling conflicts might be and why that might be the case for not being able to to offset or offset stagger these games or get those stations to abide by that but um yeah i don't know it just seems it's what it's it's the same thing as that like i've always when it comes to you know red zone or this ice whatever the hell the nhl is going to call this uh, this day where every every team's playing but it's like at the same time it's like it's, you know, yes, there are going to be a lot of staggered starts because every team in the league is playing, but there is also an, a lot of overlap where it's like, you know, you should have with all the teams in the league, at least you should have by groupings of like three games at like seven, three games at 730. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. really maximize that to make sure there's constant eyes that the teams can flip or go to when their locals over, they can immediately go to TNT. You know what I mean? Or if their team's getting blown out, they can immediately just flip over to uh, ESPN and, you know, catch the national game. So, yeah, but at the same time, the NHL has always been late to the boat on that that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? So, not surprised. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just think that there's, you know, there, there's going to have to come a point where the, the, I don't know, that the league is going to have to face that, you know, Connor McDavid, you know, 
although he plays for the Oilers and their West Coast team and they're just not in prime time and you don't get the East Coast viewership that, you know, you know, you kind of have to do it like the NFL where like they really cater to the high profile teams. Like there's a reason why the Jets played the minimum amount of primetime games one year. They get Aaron Rodgers and they move him into primetime slots the following year, the, the max that you can possibly get. So the NHL is going to have to figure it out. I know they're not playing weekly, but you know if you're going to have all these games played on a Saturday, where essentially you're only competing against college football, you know maybe someone you know who's a casual fan be like, oh, I know Connor McDavid. Oh, this is the Oilers game. Like, wow, he lit it up. You know, it just you know that's how you're going to have to do. It. They're going to have to face the fact that they're just doing a terrible job with it, and um, you know to get those players seen, you're going to have to move them to into primetime slots. Uh, and, you know, un- unfortunately, they don't understand that. And that's probably why, you know, people feel like the NHL is at a, a stagnant, you know, basically their viewership is stagnant because, you know, they, they're not really helping themselves. But uh, let's see. I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk about. Well, to I wanted about. to ask you, speaking of uh, debacles, what'd you make of the, uh, the lighting issue? <laughs> that game Uh, last night we didn't even talk about that uh to be honest with you uh i didn't even notice it the only thing that really was like wild to me was them switching at the 10 minute mark for every period but other than that like yeah it was darker but it was like i don't know it just seemed like I don't know. Did you notice it as much as everybody else did? Um, not from the static cam, but when they would go to a, the one of the corner cameras, I noticed yes. it. It was clearly darker. And it, I think it's one of those things where it maybe affects you mentally more than physically, if that makes oh, any sense. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, The only person I was really concerned about was quick when that happened. I'm like, the Rangers, you're moving too quickly for it to make a difference. The only thing would be, you know, uh, I, I honestly feel like both goalies, no matter what side you're on, it could affect because if you're looking down the ice and it's kind of gloomy and dark on the other side, you know, not that like you're going to have trouble tracking the puck, but it, you know, mentally just because it's different and, you know, goalies are creatures of habits, you know, th- that could really screw things up for them. Um, but yeah, for me as a fan, it didn't really play a factor, but you're right. I really didn't only notice it when uh, they went to the other, the, the camera angle. Uh, did quick say anything after the game or did, you know, uh, no, I don't. And I, and the weird thing is that they ask a bunch of players, but I don't remember them asking quick about it or about, Hey, did you have a hard time tracking the puck or whatever? Um, yeah, I think, and again, I think it was worse looking into the corners than it was like towards the middle of the ice. So maybe he didn't, it didn't bother him, you know, and he, whatever, he was there long enough for his eyes to adjust. Maybe it's just, Again, coming from a brighter side of the rink and skating into the zone where it all gets like a little bit darker, you know what I mean? If that throws you off, but um, yeah, I mean they they switched at the end of the day they switched every ten minutes, so both teams had to deal with it, which was fair. So you know, the yeah, Rangers no. were in control the whole game, so clearly it wasn't like if it was one thing where they were in control and then they were getting dominated, then you'd be like, well, what side of the ice were they yeah. on? You know what I mean? But well, you know what's weird the, the goal. In the first period, uh, Seattle scored in the dark dark area, and then the Rangers scored in a dark area, and then they made it a no. And at that point, I was like, maybe this could be a thing. But as the game went on, I was like, I, I think, 
I think that was just a coincidence. Like there wasn't actually the goals aren't get, being given up because of the, the lighting. I think it was just the, the nature of the game at that point. Uh, there was something I wanted to ask you, Andy, and now I can't figure it out. Um, but yeah. Oh, uh, no, I forget. I mean, do you have anything else for me? Uh, you know, not really. I think, I think more just general stuff around the league of note. I, I did want to get your, your thoughts on, uh, mainly I wanted to ask you more about based on it's uh, this early segment. Like, do we think are the results right now in the league? Are they indicative of how it's going to end up at the end of the season? Or do you think what teams do you think are fool's gold right now? And what teams do you think are just like, we, you shouldn't be worried about, like, should you be worried about the Edmonton Oilers? I mean, I don't know. McDavid didn't play in overtime last night. So, um, there's questions of whether or not he's hurt, but like, I guess the question is like, is Philly going to surprise people this year? They're currently the number one team in the Metro. Um, are, are the lightning going to be shitty this year? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, do I think Tampa, the, the see, all right, here's the thing. Not just, you can't just look at the team. You have to look at like, who's going to actually replace them. And yeah, Boston clearly hasn't really skipped a beat from last year. They're they're a very good, they're very well coached. They're very good. They're you know very consistent up and down the lineup. Uh, you know, and, and then you obviously have the you know the Florida Panthers that you know people are kind of penciling into the top three spot. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs. All the you know what it is, Andy. All these like teams that you penciled in to be at the top of the standings are not impressing me defensively. Offensively, I think they're all they're all fine. I, defensively, it's just like you feel like they're they're really fighting themselves. Um, especially like the teams like the Devils, um, you know, the Panthers, uh, Maple Leafs, uh, Tampa Bay. I know you Carolina, know, Carolina. <laughs> yeah, Vas- yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Tampa with Vasilevsky. It's like you know, and I don't know. I don't know what to make of that because it's like I've seen them. You know, I, I I've seen them obviously turn it on. And become very good, sound teams, but that's the only thing. And then who's going to replace them? And I think that what makes maybe this year a little bit different is that there are some teams that maybe could, you know, leapfrog teams if you're not going to play a full, consistent, you know, 82 uh, game season. So you know, the Detroit Red Wings are definitely one of those teams that are going to be winning more often than not. Ottawa Senators look pretty good. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, as the season goes on, I think Pittsburgh is going to be an, an annoying team. Um, you know, and then even out west, it's it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, I just feel like out west, you clearly have, you know, I think Vegas, Colorado, and Dallas are your like your top three teams. But then other than that, you know, Arizona, why not? You know, L.A. Kings, why not? You know, Nashville, why not? Blues, Minnesota, Calgary, Winnipeg, you know, Chicago, Edmonton, like, why not? Like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's going to be, you know, who can play the more consistent game. And, you know, I'm not too worried about Edmonton unless Dreisaitl or McDavid goes down. But again, you know, 
there's a lot of parity in this league. And I think obviously that's a good thing. But overall, when you look at the top teams that you penciled in at the beginning of the year, are they all capable of fixing their woes in the first, you know, five, 10 games of the season? I think they are. So I think some teams will get weeded out. Um, I think Detroit will make the playoffs. That's the one team that I really do think will make it. And I know it's a hot take to say Tampa will miss the playoffs, but that's just crazy. I mean, they're just, they're going to be able to score goals. They're going to win special teams. They don't have Vasilevsky. So that might suck a little bit, but I mean, let's, let's calm down with them. And then uh, even out West, uh, the Canucks look pretty good to start, but I think they'll, they'll fall off. I just don't believe in them. And, you know, I, I think a team that's hot, that will probably fall, you know, Arizona will probably fall off because I just, to play 82 games is a whole new animal. And, yeah. you know, you know, it's one thing to get hot in the first 10 games, but let's see it come November, January, February, you know, where you're in the, the midst of the season. If you had to pick one team to make, make the playoffs that didn't make it last year, from each uh, conference, who would it be? Uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. I think make it. Um, uh, shit. Um, it's the either... Is tougher. The East is tougher because it's... it's. I think Detroit's a pretty strong bet just looking how they play mm-hmm. and how Reimer's playing. Um, but other than that, it's basically mm-hmm. one of Ottawa, Columbus... And um, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Uh, I'm a little less sold on Buffalo overall, just um, more so because I I think at least goaltending wise, they're they were everyone was ready to basically anoint that kid um, like arrived. And his start has been like, eh, you know, it's a lot of pressure and it's hard. You know what I mean? And not to mention Buffalo defensively. They weren't sound last year, and they're not much more sound this year. No, so they're going to give still, up chances. You know, they're it's obviously you have Darlene, who's a stud, and Power, who is going to eventually be. But you know, they're still a young. They have a very young decor, and it's going to take time. Obviously, the offense is usually first before the the defensive. You know, just winning all your battles and um, all that. You know, I mean, listen, Eric Johnson's on their team. You know, it's yeah. like what, like uh, other than. The rest, I couldn't even tell you the rest of their demon, right? It's like Yoki Haru and um, Matias Samuelson and Jacob Bryson. You know, there's a lot of younger guys, you know what I mean? So, um, and yeah, and obviously, like I said, between uh, Le- Levi's looking like it's this might be a taller order than the team and maybe he anticipated, but that's not to say he won't round out. But I, I have more faith in Ottawa making it than Buffalo this year, if that makes any sense, you know? Oh yeah, no, it does make, it does make a lot of sense. And again, you know, you look at a team like, you know, Buffalo and Ottawa, it's like, you know, Ottawa went out and they signed Tarasenko, you know, they have Giroux, you know, they have, they have some leadership in that, you know, in that organization. Whereas Buffalo, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily see, you know, a big acquisition that came there to really boost them and put them over the edge. I think they're still relying on, you know, their, their guns of last year. So, um, and they didn't really add any huge names for help and scoring depth is huge. Uh, you know, I don't know if Thompson's going to be able to have the same year as he did last year. So it's again, it's, 
it's about being consistent through 82 games. And I just see a team like Detroit and a team like Ottawa being way more consistent than a team like Buffalo. That's just how I see it as of right now. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, from what little bit I watched of Philly, they do look improved. And at least they're, you know, it helps that they find, you know, they, they get Couturier back. That definitely helps them. Um, you know, they, some of their younger players are starting to get a little bit more established, but you know, and they obviously having Atkinson for a full season will, will really help them. Um, but overall, I still think they will at some point, you know, they're, their uh, their decor is is a is a whole lot of yikes, mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like they're off to a good start early. But at the same time, it's I think at some point it's gonna, you know, I yeah, it's, the wheels are gonna fall off unfortunately. But uh, you know, Carter Hart's been pretty good, although you know, not they've he's given up some uh, some goals here, but they've been just kind of pesky and have kind of rallied to win to get back into games and stuff. So. Uh, yeah, I think they fall off at some point. So to, I guess to, to answer your original question, I think they, they fall out in the, in the Metro and, uh, yeah, I think, I think Columbus is another one. I don't know if it's like, cause they definitely skate a lot better this year, but yeah, I just don't know. But, uh, I mean, Columbus looked good. They, they finally got Wierenski back, uh, after he missed the first two games getting hurt and yeah, Fantilli is awesome. Fantilli looks good. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's. I don't know, it's up in the air. Those those wild card spots are going to be pretty interesting this year because I do yeah. think a lot of these teams are better than like the Islanders or can be yeah. better than the Islanders. But the Islanders play. have Sorokin, who is incredible. And, Sorokin, you know? and they have a style of play that's just yeah, that works for them. And I think yeah. I think one of the things is that when we talk about parity in the National Hockey League, it's more about the parity is the skill level, and that's it's it's what sets teams apart is just the overall consistency and the effort. You know what I mean? Or at least the, cause I think any team can go sicko mode on, even if you look at a lineup, a bunch of bums, they could all just play the game of their lives any night and beat any, and could beat the best team in the league. It's just more about when you have a better, a higher baseline of talent and you are just more consistent with it, you will win more often rule of averages and, and you, and you're not sunk by your goaltending. So I just think, that's where we're at in the National Hockey League, where every night you just like, God damn, this team sucks. But, you know, Logan Cooley's sick or, you know, right. it's like, oh, I forgot. I always forget how how good, um, you know, Travis Konechny is until he like lights you up for fucking, you know, two goals and has a fight and an assist. You know what I mean? So that's it's that sort of thing. So but the parity, yeah, the parity in this league is absolutely sick right now. It's just about uh, consistency is the thing. So it'll see these teams that got off to hot starts, which ones can maintain. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Who was the team? Was it Buffalo last year that like was unbelievable to start? And then the Flyers like, were unbelievable to start last year. Then they, I think they won their first however many games in the Torts era, and then they just literally sunk the rest of the year. Yeah. But I think it was Buffalo that was like in the third spot in the Atlantic, and everyone was like, "They're gonna make it." They're they gonna arrived, make it. and they and they, then they went like two and twenty or something. Yeah, it was like crazy. Yeah, um, I guess the, while we're, I know we're wrapping this up. But I did want to ask you what you make. I, I don't have to ask you about the the Capitals. I think they look exactly how everyone thought they're gonna. But uh, what are your take on Pittsburgh right now? They look. Yeah. I mean, I think we knew that we that we figured this might happen. They did miss last year, but they just look 
well, other than other than Malkin, who looks like he single handedly wants to will them to into the playoffs. The they they the rest of that team is very very lackluster, and I think and Crosby has just looked really not good. Well, and I also think it hurts that I think equally is that his line mates and Rust and Gensel have looked just not it just looked like they're disinterested. So. It's an uphill battle for that, that team who's had the same coach for forever, you know? Well, it's like, again, it's like weird. It's like you never know which Pittsburgh team is going to show up. Is it the, you know, the the one that got, you know, you know, skated off the ice against Detroit? Or is it the one that, you know, you know, beat Washington for nothing and beat, you know, Calgary five to two? It's and like you look at their, you know, you you look at up and down their lineup and it's like, yeah, but they almost are to me. And like I always say this, they're really they're kind of like the New England Patriots where they just next man up mentality. So until they fall off and I knew I know they fell off last year, but, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like I don't trust this team to be bad and I don't trust this team to be good um, because they're they're a perfect team to out of nowhere when you're not even paying attention in the month of November. You're like they're fucking eight one and one. Are you kidding me? Like they they've been sucking, and then all of a sudden they turn it on. Crosby has, you know, twenty points in eight games. So again, it's just I I don't want to make predictions and say that they might really stink, but at the same time, it's like they could, they possibly very well could. But again, there's a part of me that knows that this team is capable of of going eight and two. And jumping right back into any you know playoff mix, especially if other teams are not going to be consistent enough to break away. I mean, how many times do we talk about the Rangers last year, where they just they never fully broke away in the standings until like the very end? So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a battle, especially for a lot of these you know veteran teams like Pittsburgh and and you know I, I mean I don't want to say the Islanders, but you know the even like the Islanders, you know that it's it's I know they made the playoffs last year, but if they don't, you know, put it together and, you know, find ways to win and score goals and, you know, outscore their opponents and not rely on goaltending that they're going to be on the outside looking in because there are teams that are finding ways to score. And that's, you know, teams like Detroit, teams like Ottawa, um, you know, that are going to steal those wild card spots if you're not if you're not prepared. So, yeah. Uh, anything else, Andy? Um, no, not really, I guess. Um, I, I, I guess just to wrap it up, we should just say it's how I think it's important for the Rangers to have a good trip road trip here. I mean, we say that every year, obviously, whenever it comes to this Western swing, because on paper, it's like with the late start times and teams you don't see that often. It feels like it's such a, you know, it's such a big boon that you're not going to get a chance to to redeem yourself if you stink it up against them or you only get one chance at home. So it's, uh, but I also just think new coach, new system. I, I've always felt like for the last few years, it's correct me if I'm wrong, but it just feels like the Rangers are just so much better on the road. I don't know what it is. I just think they're, they're more, their eyes are more on the prize when they're on the road. And then when they're at the home, they're just a little bit more like, you know, they, you know, they came, they came from, you know, playing with their kids and then they got in the car and went to the game. You know what I mean? It's just like what they're all business when they're on the road. So uh, I think you have between, 
you know, if McDavid's hurt, you have the Oilers uh, on Thursday. So I don't know what that means if he's going to be out for that game. But there, you have some underperforming teams in, in Calgary and the Oilers right now. The Canucks are looking real good, so that'll be a test. Uh, the Jets, eh, you know. So I mean, there is you, there's a chance to win at least least three of your next four, if possible. But at the same time. You could also go two and two, and then you'd be like, well, it stinks, but overall, at least you're three and two in your trip. But you can't, you need to win more than the majority of the next four games. Like, it's just, you just, yeah, it's just, it's just too important to leave these points on the table. And I think a testament to the Rangers this year, it, it's not so much about the games that they lose it against who. I don't care who it's against, honestly. You know, even if it is a divisional rival, like, I get it, but. I just think overall they're they just need to use this time to really drill in this their new style and continue to refine it because the one thing you can say about the Rangers now is that I think ultimately when you look at how they've been other teams around the league have been defensively and you look at them they've been one of the best defensive teams in the NHL their PK has been excellent those are the things that are going to help save you in the when the season gets long you know what I mean that structure so Put that work in now. Drill that shit down right now. Get it in your DNA. So when you have heavy legs, you know, going into the All-Star break or in, in in you know, late March or whatever it is when you're trying to gear up for the playoffs, that it's just you can win games even if you're not at 100%. You know what I mean? That but This is what this this road trip is should be for. So if the Rangers can do that and, you know, just get these habits uh, in their skin now, I think they'll set them up for some success come the, uh, the tail end of the season. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.